the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break every day, break every day. Compulsive behaviors and addictions have long been a pandemic in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. God wants everyone to walk out of the darkness and into His marvelous light. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. It is good to be with you again. This is Recovery Radio Houston, and this show is about hope, and the hope that is offered by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you know, the principles that apply to recovery apply to our Christian walk, generally. And I'm going to walk through some of that today, but first, let's let's go to prayer. I want to lift a couple of brothers up that are part of our ministry, and uh, part of our Break Every Chain ministry, and part of our uh, ministry at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. Um, Brother Joel, who uh, is out on the reservation in Livingston, the Alabama Cachada Reservation, and there uh, he's got COVID, if so many of us have. You know, I missed the first either show or two shows this year. I guess the first show uh, with COVID myself. It's everywhere right now, so I want to lift everyone up that's suffering from that. I, I hear about more people every day. Uh, and then secondly, another brother, uh, initials J.M., he knows who he is. He's uh, had COVID himself and uh, has been struggling with some other things, uh, difficulties, challenges. And uh, so let's go to prayer. Father God, we just come to you today with gratitude. You are such a wonderful, magnificent, loving job. You, God, you are so high and mighty, and it is our honor to work in your kingdom. Father, I want to lift everyone up that is suffering from COVID right now and their family members. I ask that you protect them, that you heal them, that you touch their bodies, that you Show them how immense your love is so that they'll be comforted and know that everything is going to be okay. I specifically lift up uh, my brother Joel and my brother J.M., and I just ask, Father, that you you touch them in in a way that they have never been touched before, that they know how much you love them, and if they realize that, Father, that everything's going to be okay. We uh, pray for our nation. We pray for everyone across the nation that's suffering. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to do a couple things today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Word of God which we always should, uh, because that's where all the answers lie. Uh, I don't care if it's addiction or if it's something else that you're in bondage. It, it could be anger, depression, anxiety. Uh, you went through a divorce, relationship issues, financial issues. Um, there's one who can set you free, and his name is Jesus Christ. And the sun sets free is free indeed. So I want to talk to you. It's it's uh, We're into the second, almost third week of January. And by this point in time, we all make it, New Year's resolutions every year. 
and uh, we make resolutions. I've made them year after year after year. I'm going to exercise more. Uh, sometimes we resolve we're going to quit drinking. Uh, maybe we're going to lose weight. That's that's one of the favorites, the all-time perennials. And the truth of the matter is is that by the second week of January, about 30% of the people have already dropped off their resolution. And by February, 80% have uh, have not done what they set out to do. You know, there is a passage in the Bible that I think is instructive here, because I think if we all did this, um, that we would be able to recognize our goals in a better way. And that is in, in Jesus' beautiful Sermon on the Mount. By the way, I'm going to be preaching on the Sermon on the Mount this Sunday at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights at 240 West 18th Street, Sunday nights in the Heights, 6 p.m. You know, I'd love for you to, to meet you. Just come on out. Uh, we've got plenty of room in our sanctuary. We just have such a wonderful time worshiping the Lord. We're a Bible-based, uh, spirit-filled, non-denominational church, and, and you're going to be greeted with uh, with openness and love and encouragement. That's the kind of church we are. We're welcome. We welcome everyone, no matter where. We welcome Christians that have been walking with the Lord for 50 years, 40 years, and those that are brand new, those that are curious. Uh, we just want everybody to know that God wants everyone to come into his kingdom. Uh, and the time is short, uh, and it's time to, to, to change things in your life. And if you want to you want to be uplifted, you want to be encouraged, then come join us, 240 West 18th Street, Sunday nights in the Heights, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, 6 p.m. All right, so Matthew's in the middle uh, of this beautiful Sermon on the Mount, which is the greatest sermon that's ever been given. And uh, Jesus is talking about worrying and and what good does worry do us and how God's going to take care of us. And, and he says in Matthew 6, 33, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And some translations say as well. And all these things will be added. In other words, if you seek God first in your life and you make his, the relationship with him, with Jesus Christ, the most important thing in your life, then everything's going to fall into place. You're going to see that God's going to be answering prayers, that when you go through trials and tribulations and difficulties, that he's with you, that he'll never put you through more than you can handle, that when he does put you through things, it's for a reason, there's a purpose behind it, and he's there, the Holy Spirit, once you've accepted Jesus Christ, been baptized, and ask for the Holy Spirit to come into your life is there to encourage you and guide you, and everything changes. You know, we want to make these. I'm going to make more money. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to exercise more, and we just don't seem to get there year after year. At least most people don't. Year after year after year after year. What if we try something different this year, and that is put our relationship with God, make that the most important priority in our life. And I think you'll see that you're, everything's going to change. And that's whether, you know, this Recovery Radio Houston, that's whether you're struggling with an addiction, with drinking, with drugs, with pornography, with gambling. If you turn your attention to God, that's, you know, we, we're in this pandemic right now, and it's terrible. I'm not trying to minimize it. As I said, I just recovered from COVID myself, and we've lost a lot of people for, from COVID. It's a, it's a terrible thing. I'm not trying to minimize it at all. But we've had a COVID, we've had a pandemic with addiction for centuries. Do you know that in the age group 18 to 45, that in the last two years since COVID hit, more people have died of fentanyl overdoses than have died from COVID? 
That's one drug. Alcohol takes out millions every year. Uh, cocaine, methamphetamine, heroin, opiates. They all take out the enemies, gets people in bondage, and it takes them out. And the the thing about it is, is we, we this vaccine and there's controversy, and I'm not trying to get into that discussion about it, and, and uh, everybody's got to make their own decision about it, but there is a vaccine for addiction, and his name is Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, if you want to get help, there's help out there. For example, the Open Door Mission, which is just a wonderful organization, uh, we've had them on the show quite often. We've had interviewed men and gotten their testimonies that have been through the, the both the one month and the seven month program over there. They just opened today. They had a ribbon cutting on a respite center. You know, when hospitals, if somebody's homeless or doesn't have insurance and they get in a catastrophic accident or have a catastrophic illness, the hospital has to treat them, but only to stabilize them. They don't have to provide long term care. So if you're a person doesn't have insurance and gets in a bad wreck and, and they break their hip, the hospital has to treat the broken hip, but then they just release them out on the streets, you know, nowhere to go. So the Open Door Mission has opened up a, a respite center where these people can go to recover because they're not ready to to, to, to be back in the world and, and to take care of their needs. So it's a over 30-bed facility in addition to the addiction and homeless work that they're doing all the time. These services are free, and we've had people on here for, for women's centers, for uh, people to help people who get out of prison. There are people doing kingdom work and providing it free. And and the success rate of, of somebody that goes through one of those programs is much greater than the success rate of somebody that goes through the typical insurance-paid 28-day program. Now, it's not as fancy. It's not as, you know, it's not the Beverly Ford Center, um, where, you know, where celebrities pay, you know, thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. It's not like that, but it's, successful because it's grounded in Jesus Christ. So if we want to look at goals for this year, and and we should every year, and, and, and I, I think our goal this year ought to be to get closer to God, to make that relationship closer. We should look to what the Bible says about relationships. And uh, if we look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, let's look at what the Apostle Paul said. He said, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now this is the Apostle Paul. He's writing this from, from a prison in Rome in about 62 A.D., this is the Apostle Paul who's been all over Asia, who's taken the message, who's, who's met Jesus Christ on the, on the road to Damascus, who's been, as we found out in, in, in uh, the book of 2 Corinthians, he's, he's been called up to heaven, and he, he's seen heaven, seen things that are inexpressible or in some translations unlawful to express, and he's established all these churches and he's, he's done all these wonderful things, and he's saying, I haven't yet attained, and I'm not already perfected, but I press on. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended or, apprehended or figured everything out, but I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So, 
John Hagee, Pastor John Hagee, you know, a wonderful man of God, a wonderful teacher, uh, I heard him say once, and I have never forgotten this, he said that the Apostle Paul could say more in fewer words than any man that's ever lived, other than Jesus, who was, of course, man and God at the same time. But of men, he could say more with fewer words than any man that's ever lived. And if you break this little bitty scripture, snippet of scripture down, these three verses, it's Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14, he, he, he makes these statements. And, and, in, and out of these, we can, we can take four lessons. He says, avoid pride. He says, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected. If we want to, be, if we want to chase God, we need to, we need to first be humble. You know, that's one of the first lessons in recovery. This is Recovery Radio Houston, uh, is we've got to be humble. Jesus says it over and over again. Jesus came down and put on the clothes of a man, the skin of a man, and humbled himself, as the Bible says, to the point of death, not just death, but death on the cross. Jesus came and served everywhere that he went. He was humble everywhere he went. He looked to his father for everything he did. He went off and prayed. And and he did what he had to do at great cost. You and I were bought with a price, my friends, at great cost. And he says, for example, in Luke chapter 18, where the we've got the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, he says, all those that exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. If we want to be effective servants in the kingdom, if we want our relationship with God to grow, if we want to be an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and, and overcome challenges like addiction or anything else in your life, again, as I started this program, recovery mirrors our Christian walk. It, it, it does. <laughs> and that's what's a, a blessing to work in, in, the, in the recovery field. So we've got to be humble. We've got to avoid pride. And then Paul says, he says, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Well, you know, in addiction and in anger and in resentment and whatever it is that you may be struggling with, you know that we're all recovering from something. Jesus said we would always have trials and tribulations in this life. So this show, when we talk about recovery in the Bible, the Bible is a book about recovery. It doesn't, we're not just, just referring to addiction, although the principles apply. He says, forget the past. Look forward. You know, there's a reason a car has a a big plate glass window in front and a small mirror in the back. You know, so what Paul is saying is focus on the future. We don't, you know, we were talking the other day at Break Every Chain, our ministry on Friday nights at 901 Wilson Road, 7 p.m., Break Every Chain, 901 Wilson Road. We were talking about the difference between shame and guilt. Shame, the enemy wants to keep us in bondage in shame. He wants us to be ashamed. And and because what we do with shame is we go back to whatever hole we were crawled out of. We go back to medicating ourselves with alcohol or drugs or whatever it may be. And he's got us in bondage. Now, guilt is a little bit different. When you begin to come out of that and you begin to live for the Lord and you begin to make amends to people, there's nothing wrong with, with understanding that you made some mistakes and not wanting to make them again. But you don't need to get bogged down in shame. Forget the past. All we, we can't change the past, but we can change how we act today, and we can change how we act tomorrow. We can act, change how we love our brother and sister, how we forgive them as we go forward. You know, forgiveness, lack of forgiveness, is, is one of the things that, that really 
keeps people in bondage. It's just like an addiction. I mean, when you're angry at somebody, when you've got resentment, when you want to you plot and scheme and lay in bed at night thinking about how, how they wronged you and what you'd like to do to get back at them, and you're just so angry about it, and how could they possibly treat me that way? The person that's in chains is you, not the person you're angry at. And, and again, in that beautiful Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, if you want your Father in heaven to forgive you, then you need to forgive your brother or sister. So forget the past, not intellectually, but influentially. Don't let it run your life. And Paul says, I am pressing on forward. And, and you should remember that <laughs> what I take out of that is, is that the rest of your life, and, and I preached at the Open Door Mission last Sunday, and I told these guys this, when you come in and now you've established a relationship with Jesus Christ, the rest of your life is the best of your life. If you sit here right now, wherever you're at, and you listen to this, whether you're in your car or you're in your home or you listen to this later on a podcast, and you make that declaration, I'm going to make God the most important relationship in my life, then I'm going to promise you the rest of your life is going to be the best of your life because that's what God wants for you. God has plans for you to prosper, not to harm you. He, he wants you to have, Jesus said, I came so that they may have life and have it abundantly. There's nothing more fulfilling in life than serving in the kingdom and, and helping your fellow brother and sister in Christ and, and those that haven't come to Christ and helping lead them to Christ. There's nothing more fulfilling than that in life. And the last lesson from this little bitty part of the letter to the Philippians that Paul wrote in 62 A.D. from a Roman prison after accomplishing all these things, he said, pursue God's will diligently. That's, that's the other thing that comes out of this. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know, when I went into rehab, it's the thing that they just kind of drilled into my head. Not my will, but God's will be done. My will got me in a bunch of mess. <laughs> it really did. And I laugh. It's not really funny. I'm sorry. It's probably inappropriate, but it is true. Uh, it got me in a bunch of mess. But when I started seeking God's will, now am I perfect at that? Of course not. Um, but at least it's, it's something that I strive towards. I'm trying to be Christ-like. I'm doing my best. I'm not trying to be selfish. You know, the difference between addiction is selfishness. And, and, and recovery is selflessness because when you're in recovery and you're seeking God's will and you're trying to help other people, and that's really where you turn the corner in recovery is when you start helping other people, then, then you become Christ-like, no, no, you know, nowhere near as, to his level, but you are being selfless just like Christ was. And that's what we should do. So this little bitty snippet of scripture, the Bible is so powerful. I've, I've got a bunch more scriptures here that I preached last weekend, but I don't have time for them. But let me tell you, Psalm 65, 11, I love this scripture. You crown the year, psalmist is speaking to God, you crown the year with your goodness and your paths, P-A-T-H-S, paths drip with abundance. One translation says that even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. You know, if you make God your first priority, then you're going to begin to see God's favor. I've got another brother friend who was at service last Sunday, and he, he just he knows that he's got God's favor, and he's just got such a wonderful attitude. Even when God puts challenges in his path and he's got obstacles, he knows God's going to take him through, and he's just always talking about 
how wonderful it is, God's favor. Have you ever met anybody and you say, how are you? And they say, highly blessed and highly favored. What a wonderful thing. So if we look at that scripture in Psalm 65, God answers our prayers, verse 2. He forgives us our sin, verse 3. He fills us with the good things of his house, verse 4. He answers with awesome deeds, verse 5. He protects us, verses 5 through 7. He does wonders, verses 8. That's another beautiful thing about working in the recovery community. I see miracles all the time. People, some people don't believe that God's still in the miracle business, but yes, he is. When somebody's delivered from heroin, when somebody's delivered from uh, they've been fired from three jobs because they keep looking at pornography on their on their work computer and they get liberated from that. The, the, when somebody never takes a drink again after having been an alcoholic for 30 years because they've been touched by the Holy Spirit and the Son has set them free. Those are miracles, folks. Those are the miracles I see. And I know in other places there's miracles of healing. Uh, God is still in the miracle business if we have the ability to believe, if we have the faith. He sends rain and makes the land fertile and gives us abundant blessing, verses 9 through 13. God is so good, folks. And you may be sitting there thinking, well, I failed uh, at this and I failed at that. And I've gone back, and the Bible calls it a, a dog returning to his vomit. I've gone back to addiction again and again and again. You know, though, and I can't do this. Those are lies from the pit of hell. Did you know that Thomas Edison, who invented the light bulb, it took him 10,000 experiments before he got it right? Harry Truman, uh, some of y'all may remember, he was a president a long time ago. He, he, uh, he, he went bankrupt before he was president. Failure's okay. Uh, failure's okay. You know, the apostles, Paul and John were, were all the apostles, 11 of them were martyred. They tried to martyr John. He was thrown in a boiling vat, and but they couldn't kill him, so they, they exiled him to the island of Patmos. We've all experienced failure, but if we make God number one priority and we just keep that relationship going, we're going to see our lives change. Matthew 6.33 Seek the kingdom of God first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I don't have a perfect life, ladies, uh, folks, brothers and sisters in Christ, but my life is a lot different than before I gave, surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And now when I have problems, I know it's going to be okay. God's got this. God's in control. If he's putting me through something, there's a reason for it. You know, I cited Revelation 12, 11 uh, earlier, but we were overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And the last part of that is the word of our testimony. Sometimes the more things we've overcome, the greater testimony we have, the greater we can, we can talk to people, the greater, you know, if somebody's been down and out and homeless and addicted to alcohol and drinking wine and, and then they just, <laughs> God sets them free, they can go talk to people that other people can't. The testimony is powerful. I want to end this on recovery. This is about recovery. I want to do two things. One, I want to invite you to come to our service. I'm going to be preaching on the Sermon on the Mount and not just what it says, but some of the background. It's called textual uh, exegesis, which has to do with the cultural background and some of the 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 setting that Jesus was speaking in, and we're going to look a little bit more deeper at the text, and I'd, I'd be willing to wager you'll learn some things that you didn't know about the Sermon on the Mount if you come to our service. We're going to be uh, a little series on this, at least the next two, maybe the next three 
uh, weekends. We worship at, at 6 p.m. Sunday nights in the Heights, 240 West 18th Street. We are excited. To, we're small. We're a church plant. We're new. We started in the middle of a pandemic, not the easiest time, but God is good. And uh, I, I think you'll be uplifted if you come to our service. Let me let me close with, with a recovery thought, though. Um, these are just some truisms, and I think if you listen to them, uh, maybe they'll uplift you and help you. Recovery does not mean that life is over. Addiction does. Look at the contrast here between each of these statements. Recovery does not mean that you have to be miserable. Addiction does. Recovery does not turn you into a liar or a thief. Addiction does. Recovery does not make false promises. Addiction does. Recovery does not center on abusive relationships. Addiction does. Recovery does not strengthen through fear and anger. Addiction does. Recovery does not isolate. Addiction does. Recovery does not encourage risky behaviors. Addiction does. Recovery does not eat away at your soul. Addiction does. Addiction does not give you a second chance. Recovery does. We serve a God, folks. (laughs) We serve a God, brothers and sisters, of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. It's time that we make him our number one priority. Why choose all these horrible things when we have the alternative of living our life for God and uplifting ourselves and being part of his kingdom? It's a wonderful choice. Listen, we love you at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. But more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.